Welcome to the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session, where we talk about all things guitar-related. My name is Dr. T, and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on new guitar expectations. I love my Gibsons. I love my PRSs. I love my Fenders. I love my Kretzmann. But the expectations I have for each guitar is different. Every guitar company has their own quality control issues, from tuning stability, to fret sprout, to finish rejection, to dead on arrival electronics. Although this is an issue, we as players are willing to overlook the shortcomings of each manufacturer or guitar simply because of the name on the headstock or the cost behind it. But why do we have double standards? Are there any blanket expectations? What would it take for you to return a guitar? Does price matter? Should a case be included? How does customer service play a role in all of this? And why is this group therapy session considered a tribute? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Jason on the Tweed Couch. Well, Jason, thank you again for being back on for some therapy on the Tweed Couch. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it smells a, a bit different today. Jeremy been in by chance? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, I knew that musk whenever I smelled it. A, yeah, the, the musk of, uh, what was it, like beans or chili or something? Yeah, it's chili mixed with, you know, a little bit northern United States. Well, yes, Jeremy has been here and, you know, he said he didn't listen. So you actually do listen to this podcast. Is that what you're saying? No, I don't listen. I, I Was he here? Oh, yeah. Yes, he was here. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Maybe you just skip that podcast because it was about bases. Well, first of all, I don't listen. Secondly, if I do happen to listen and I hear anybody else's name on there, I just, I skip it. Not interested. <laughs> Perfect. So I saw the name of it come out. It was um, Bass Basics. And I was like, I, I'm not a fisherman. And so that's one of the reasons I right. I just chose not to to listen to it. But I mean, if I should, I well, will, if I should, I've got some time. Well, there might be some things said in there that you don't necessarily want to know. Okay. That could be. So. Okay. It's up to you. All right. If you, if you want to find out how to reel something in, then, uh, you know, like a base. Yeah. Now I'll pass. Yeah, then there you go. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to what we're talking about today, which is the expectations of guitar. Uh, now, I, I do want to be transparent in the sense that. We actually already recorded this episode one time before. Yep. Poorly recorded it. I did anyways. Well, yeah, there was a sync issue and then all of a sudden you sounded like a robot and I wasn't quite sure what was going on. It was almost like we were in outer space and uh, the aliens had come. Yeah, I, I actually didn't want to tell you, but there was no sync issue. I was just trying out a new voice for the podcast oh. as my robot oh, yeah. 3000 voice, but... Yeah, like it, so. it, it, it did not land. Nope, it did not land. Nope. So we're, we're going back to the original. Yeah, so I guess one could call this a tribute. Yes. This is a tribute to that podcast because that, that, that therapy <laughs> was probably the best therapy we have ever had. 100%. Like, for sure. Award-winning. A- everyone would be cured. Yep. The pandemic would be over. Yep. I mean, it's unfortunate, oh well. but. It's unfortunate. I mean, yeah. That's okay. It, it is but what it this is. will be its tribute. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A reissue of sorts. 
<laughs> yes, a reissue of yes. sorts. Yeah. So let's go ahead and let's talk about it a little bit. And we're talking about the expectations we have for a guitar. Yep. And really what stemmed this is you have an announcement to make about possibly some new gear that's I coming do. in. Can I go ahead and get the fanfare from our our in-house band over there, please? I have ordered a new Novo guitar, Dr. T. You already ordered a Novo guitar. Yeah, that's right. I've ordered a new Novo guitar. So you now have two rolling in. Yeah, I have zero at the moment. Have you ever played one before? Never touched one. Never smelled one. <laughs> Nothing. I've never held it in my hands. I Yeah, I've never. No, never, ever. But I've bought into the hype. Yeah. Well, you have bought into the hype. Yeah, Now, literally. which one's showing up first? Because you did two of them. What are the two that you're getting? Okay, so first off, I have a custom Cirrus J coming, which is the kind of their Jazzmaster P90s. Um, you know, uh, what is it called? A mastery bridge tremolo. Yeah, it is. It's the mastery and it has the, basically it's like a, a jazz master or a Jaguar type, right. type tremolo. Yeah. And you got that one in that blue with the tortoise shell, right? So that was the, yeah, that was the, yeah, that's how I placed my order. But you know me, I have since changed uh-huh. the order. I've changed the order. <laughs> I, I, I was looking through it and you know, I, I kind of put up like a poll on Instagram and I was like, which one should I do? And, you know, it was, it was about 50-50 for a while. And then the Ocean Turquoise took over. And so I really like that one yep. a lot. But when I started looking at it, you know, Nova has two levels. They have like a custom level and then they have a select level. The select is kind of limited colors. The custom is, you know, you can get more options, whatever. And I was really torn between the two, but I wanted the bigger neck on there. And so I had to do the custom order. So with that, I thought, since I'm doing a custom order, I probably should do one of the custom colors, not do the select colors. So I switched it to the 64 Sunburst, because you know I love a Sunburst guitar. Oh, yeah. With a uh, tortoise pit guard. Because it just, it, whenever I looked at that one, okay. it just looks funky to me. It looks like an old vintage guitar, you know, that would have been made somewhere in Japan. And just, it, yeah, it just looks funky. And so I got that. That's about a year wait. And so as I was waiting for that, I, I just was on the hunt for a humbucker guitar. I still am. And uh, I decided to order a Solus H2. And uh, that oh, one... Oh, hey, you were talking about that on the podcast because you said that you were going to have to like set an alarm yep. or something for January 3rd. Is that right? January 3rd, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, we had just come back from uh, winter break, Christmas break for school. And we were sitting in professional development. and. I was just watching the clock. And of course, after having two weeks off, you don't really want to go back <laughs> right away anyways. But I'm uh, yeah. sitting there in professional development and we're doing, you know, icebreakers and forced fun and all that good stuff. And uh, yes, forced fun. <laughs> forced fun. And uh, I was telling everybody at my table, I was like, OK, at 10 o'clock, I, I'm going to order this guitar. I'm trying to get in. It's hard. You know, it's hard to get them, whatever. Our principal is like, okay, I'm going to give you a break at 9.45. He's like, I need you to be back at 10. And of course, I'm just screaming no to the heavens above. Yeah. But luckily, we're in the cafeteria. We're kind of in a big spot. And um, when 10 o'clock hit, just under the table, just like a kid would in class, I'm sitting there typing in yep. my, my PayPal info and, and put in the order for my deposit on the, the H2. So I'm, I'm super excited. And they're, they're different enough you know, that they don't really overlap. So I'm, I'm happy about that. 
Okay, I got a couple of things I want to talk about here first. Okay, first of all, what color did you go for in that H2? Okay, so I I was originally drawn to the Sunburst model uh, as well. It was like a TV burst. Yep, because you're always drawn to a Sunburst model, much like myself. I am, but I don't, I don't know why, because when I really think about it, I don't know that it's always my favorite. I just love them. I love the vintage look to them. I just yeah. I think it was cool. But I, I saw on their, their website they have um they had an Olympic white one with a black pit guard and I just thought that looks really cool. It's not like I didn't see it and think, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I've gotta have that. But I thought that's I I like that a lot. And um the more I looked and kind of looked at different options, I would I had um Photoshop up and I was making different versions of it so I could look and see and Of course you did. Of course I did. Yeah. Of course. And uh because of course, and I kept I kept coming back to the white one over and over again. So I narrowed it down to I think two or three, and I showed it to my wife Kim. That's mm-hmm. my wife Kim. For those of you playing along, and um, yep, um, um, not a bingo. It's too early. It's way too early. Way too early. She immediately was like the white one. I love the white one. So so yeah, that's what I did. I did the white one, and it, it, it now and you you also sent me a message too. And I said, you know, it reminds me a lot of my Starla, yeah, which is white with a black pick guard. And yep. I sent a picture of that to you. And you were like, yeah, it, it sure does look a lot like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm a sucker for that. Yeah. That's good. And I've always liked that. And I've never had a white guitar as well, as far as I know. Well, let me rephrase that. I've you've ne- never had a white guitar that you've kept. I haven't had a white guitar for long, is what I should say. I've had a few. Yes. And so, yeah, so I've got that. And, uh, you know, it's I, I like them because they're they're just they're just funky looking. Like they they look familiar enough, but they're also funky enough. It's just a to me, it's just a really cool mix of it looks right and it looks wrong at the same time. So I'm excited. So one of the things that I said was I have a couple of things to kind of go after with this, and one of them I said was you know what color is this? But the second part is. You're buying this custom Novo. You've mm-hmm. got this 64 vintage paint job on it. You've got that tortoise pick guard. Yep. You've got the Cirrus J with the P90. Trimlo yep. and the P90s and all of that. Then you've got this H2, mm-hmm. which they're going to, I'll just say mass produce a little bit more. Really, it's just that they're, they're limiting your options right. and everything, but it's going to have humbuckers and it's going to have this ABR1 bridge style and everything. Yep. Do you have different expectations for the two guitars, one being more custom and one being a little bit more of their run-of-the-mill what they do? Mm. No, not really. Not as far as quality. I'm, I, you know, I've, I've listened to their Novo podcast before, and, and they talk about you know, how they started doing that. And basically what they said is they, you know, they've got a certain amount of models and colors and, and you know, combinations. They've got those down where they don't need as much time to perfect them. They, they, it's just surefire. And so that's what the select series was. And, um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about that at all. The only thing that my expectations is, uh, well, I, and I don't even think it's an expectation of the quality of the guitar. It's more expectation of how I'm going to play the guitar, but the, you know, the Cirrus J, which is more of a jazz master. I just feel it's going to be kind of a smoother kind of finesse guitar while the, the, the solace, with the humbuckers and the shorter scale is going to be kind of a rock kind of just grip it and rip it kind of thing. But that's just, that's my own. Well, not the Solus. This is the H2 you got, right? Uh, yeah. So it's called a Solus H2 with two humbuckers. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So the solace is kind of like the idea of it, and then the H2 means that there's two humbuckers. I think the solace is the body shape, like a single cut. I think that's what that is. Well, okay, so this then goes to our other idea of expectations, okay? So you're saying your expectation, for the most part, it's going to be similar style of finish, build quality, all of that kind of stuff. And finish, I think, is one of those things when it comes to guitar expectations. Finish is a big deal. Yep. You know, I like to see my pristine PRS. Mm-hmm. I like to see a pristine Gibson. But then I look at like a Fender, and although they probably do the best at consistency whenever they yep. make like a new looking guitar, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily mind the flaws because then it looks more relict which is kind of interesting. And so all of that to say that it's interesting how with different manufacturers, we might have different expectations with the finish. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, I, I always see fender finishes. They're always good. I mean, I've, I've never seen a fender finish, a new one where I thought, yeah, that's that, that looks sloppy. And that could be the fact that they, you know, do them in pieces and assemble later. It could be that it could be that they put more care into it, or maybe their process is, you know, different. Um, same with PRS. I've never seen a PRS finish. Not a core model, anyways, that had any finish flaws. I've seen some SEs yeah. and, and, you know, maybe even an S2 that maybe had some questionable parts, but nothing bad. Well, they actually had a problem. Like, PRS, they had a quality control problem with their finishes back in, like, the mid-2010s. And all of a sudden, what was happening was the finish was being rejected Oh, from yeah. the wood. I remember that. And it kind of bubbled or or hazy. Was it a hazy look? Yeah, mine yeah. got all hazy. Yeah. And um, some of them, it started flaking off the side of the neck. Oh, boy. And in different areas. It was really weird. And it was like their new V12 finish. Because you know how Paul is. He just, not my brother Paul. Yeah, I was going to, I was Smith. asking about that. Was that your no. brother Paul or? No. Nope. Okay, Paul Reed Mm-mm. Smith. But now that I've said it, I feel like yep. then now it has to go down. But yep, for sure. anyway. So the thing with with Paul Smith was that he can't leave anything well enough alone because the fact is, is that if there's any room for improvement, he wants to do it. And I identify with that greatly. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And so here he is going, you know what? We're going to change the finish. It's going to be thinner. It's going to be harder. It's going to be better. And ultimately, what that ends up doing is it ends up making more room for problems down the line. Mm-hmm. And that's what ended up happening. And with mine, this is actually probably another point of expectations. Customer service is an expectation. For sure. Because when I contacted them, they didn't say this happens. They didn't say where were you storing it? They didn't say what did you do? All they said was if you're willing to pay to ship it to us, yep. we will evaluate it and then ship it back. And so I did. When you mentioned PRS having a problem, I thought, okay, that's no big deal. They'll get it right because they just seem like yeah. good people who've got the right state of mind. And they're like, we will fix this. Like, do not worry. We screwed up. We'll get it fixed. And so that's, that's I think a lot of that's with the price, though, because, you know, you're paying for not only the, yeah. the guitar or the wood, but you're also paying for the service and the, the company and, your, you know, their, their mm-hmm. um, legacy. So, yeah, they're awesome. And customer service is a huge deal for me huge deal in fact oh yeah it'll it'll make me either a loyal customer or it'll make me a one-time and done customer with somebody and right. it doesn't it, i hate to say it doesn't take much but i mean one 
one instance of just kind of like, eh, I don't care, can really sour me on something. Yeah. Well, and actually, you want to take customer service one more step. You know, I send in the guitar. They go, yep, finish is being rejected. But it was only happening on the neck. And they uh-huh. said, we're going to refinish the whole guitar. And I said, but it's just on the neck. And they right. said, yeah, but the finish is all over the guitar. So we are going to refinish the entire guitar. Yeah. And it took six months for them to do it. And it didn't take six months just because they were backed up. It's because if you're going to do it right, then you're going to strip it all down, make mm-hmm. sure it's all good. Then you're going to restain it and allow the time in between. Then you're going to re-lacquer it and the time in between. And then you're going to make sure it's buffed and it's still going to go through the quality control checks and people are still going to sign it off and then they're still going to put it together and make sure it plays right and all of those things. And I go, well, yeah, then I mean, that's that's high quality control. Yeah. And then to top it all off, when they sent it back to me, it came back pink. Oh, yes. Instead of violet. (laughs) Yes. And I contacted him and I said, um, this is the color it was. (laughs) This is the color it is now. And they said, Okay, You're here like, is a shipping label. Go ahead and send it back. <laughs> You're like, I'm man enough to play a purple guitar, but pink? No, no, no. Come on. Well, if it was Bonnie Pink, I could have done Bonnie Pink, but... <laughs> it was Okay, pink. so in order to make violet, it's red and blue. Right. And it gives you violet. And if you put the blue on second, then it looks more blue. Mm-hmm. If you put the blue on first... Then the red is what shows through the most. And essentially they went blue and then red and it turned up kind of a hot pink. (laughs) Yeah. So, but since we're on the the whole talk about finish, well, let's talk about the other big finish issue that we've heard with a main manufacturer like Gibson. Did you see the uh, Murphy Lab stuff? Gibson, Murphy Lab, Les Pauls, flaking off finishes. Yes. I have seen it, and I actually heard and read about it before I saw it, and at the time I thought, yeah, that's no big deal. Like, no big deal. Yeah. It's a relic guitar. It's it's a relic. Let it flake off. It's cool. But then I saw one in person and thought, okay, that's a big deal. That's a big deal, because it was not just flaking off. It was like, it almost looked like veneer coming off of like cheap Ikea furniture or something, you know? It was just coming off in strips. Like, I was... and. As you know, those Murphy Lab guitars are not cheap. And so no. if you pay, I, I want to say if you pay over $1,000 for a guitar, you expect quality. But when you're paying seven, yeah. eight, $9,000 for a guitar, I expect perfection. I really do. Like perfection. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. have to adjust the nut because it's not cut right. I don't want to yeah. have to glue back on finish like i want it perfect yep. and i will say if i owned a murphy live guitar and something happened to it i would not have the same confidence that they would fix it like i would prs would fix it because gibson yeah i agree i don't know there's just I don't, I don't know and i have no experience with gibson just don't have the best feeling about that because Oftentimes, what we find with a Gibson is it's not just the finish that might be a little bit of an issue, because sometimes even on their like regular, I guess we'll call it their standard models, what we end up having is these finish issues that can happen, the bubbling up that happens Mm -hmm. around, like say where the neck meets the body, or even on the finish on the neck itself where the binding is, or the binding isn't scraped quite right, or actually there are nines and R8s and ROs. Even their binding will start to turn pink over time. Yeah. 
Yeah, which I get. The idea is that it's supposed to be a guitar that's similar to how it was back in 58, mm-hmm. 59, 60, which that happened. But at the same time, you're like, man, now my binding's turning pink. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> which actually probably brings up then the next thing, which is tribute guitar, since this is essentially a tribute podcast because yep, we uh, uh, weren't able to display the first one, the amazing one, the one oh, that was so greater good. than all of them. Right. Peace yeah. To oh, the man. World. Yep. It would have, uh huh. That and uh, Gosh, still, dogs and cats would have lived together. Well, it would have been not only that, but harmonious. everybody missed out on the 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 Les Paul R nine that you were giving away, and I was giving away my Daniel Caster, and I mean, and now since that's gone, yeah. I mean, since that podcast is gone, we we just don't feel motivated anymore. Yeah. So uh, that's all right, mm-hmm. it's all right. But since we're talking about that tribute stuff, yep. What do you think about tribute guitars and like signature guitars and remakes of people's guitars that are out there? I mean, what's your expectations on those? Because they're essentially new guitars that have been made from older like ideas. Yeah, I, I mean, I love them. I love tributes. I love, you know, signature models. I, I love them all. I think that this is a very common thing for somebody that plays guitar to have a guitar hero or have somebody they idolize or, you know, look up to whatever. And so if you can play a guitar that you associate with playing a song that you've always loved or seeing an artist that you've always loved, I think that's a cool thing. And, and really, I mean, when it all comes down to it, everything we do, every piece of wood, every string, every pickup, every amp comes down to somebody enjoying themselves having fun that's what it's all about and so yeah if you can have something that you love then do it and um gosh i'm rambling but like i see all the people that have that new eddie van halen frankenstein guitar and i'm just like that's super cool and i'm not i'm not the biggest eddie van halen fan so i wouldn't buy one myself but i see it and i'm like that's that's awesome it looks just like his and you know they've given people a, a good option for that you know, same with the Silver Sky. You see people all around that, you know, maybe yep. never played a Strat before, but now all of a sudden they've got a Silver Sky and they're loving it and, and doing that. So I'm a big fan. My expectation, though, is this. When they put out a signature model, I want to see the artist playing it. Yeah. Now, of course, they're not going to play it all the time. And I know, like, Keith Urban's Home Shopping Network model guitar. Like, he played it. Yeah, right. He, but he played it for a song, and, I mean, it sounds good. Like, you know, if he can play it, you can play it, yep. too. So. So yeah, I'm 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 a fan of it and I, I definitely think that that we're living in a good spot where you've got those options available to you. Well, one of the things that I want to kind of bring up to this is first of all, if you are going to make a signature guitar or a tribute guitar, you know, I'm I'm real big on if you're going to sign your name to it, it better be quality. Right? Cuz I don't want anybody signing their name to crap. Sure. And so if Keith Urban's going to make shopping network guitars well those guitars better at least make sure they stay in tune yep. stay intonated the pickups the pots the wiring all works the finish is decent you know i mean you have to understand cost you know but if keith's gonna sign his name on it then that thing better be up to a standard in which he's willing to allow happen yeah because if those things go bad it's partially on him mm-hmm. and so with that said, I would also state that the Silver Sky is probably a wonderful segue to talk about the difference in even price and how price and expectation might be a little bit different because 
John has his his regular core model version, but then he also has now the SE version. Mm -hmm. And those are two different price points. And I have two different expectations. And we're going to talk about that after a word from our sponsors. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Are you looking for a party with a purpose? If you love music, family friendly, and camping, then you need to come to Life Fest. In July of 2022, they will have two festivals once again. One at the Sunnyview Fairgrounds in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and the other at the Johnny Cash Hideaway Farm in Bonagua, Tennessee. I'll see you there. Let's hear from another sponsor. Since 2003, the Crestman Guitar Company has been repairing stringed instruments and building custom guitars and basses. In 2021, Kretzman started production of a solid body electric guitar with the goal of providing affordable, awesome looking and sounding guitars that anyone, student to expert, would be proud to play and own. Be sure to check them out at KretzmanGuitars.com. That's K-R-E-T-Z-M-A-N-N guitars.com okay so when we left we were going to talk about the silver sky so the silver sky is a great example to me on the difference in price point and the difference in expectation and there are a couple of things on the se that i'm ecstatic about that i really love what they did with it and for the price point it was worth it but then the Silver Sky, that's the regular core model. There's a few things on that that I was disappointed in. And I felt like they could have done a little bit better if John's going to put his name on it. And I realized most of it is stupid. Yep. I know exactly what you're going to say for two of them, probably. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's start with the core model because you actually had a Silver Sky. What color was your Silver I did. Sky? I had the Horizon, which was the red. Yeah. Yep. I had it. And I thought it was really cool that he did all the Tesla colors too. That yeah. was pretty fun. I thought that was cool too. It was kind of a modern take on, you know, Fender doing all the DuPont colors or whatever they did back in the 50s. Yeah, which the Silver Sky is a modern take on a Stratocaster. Yeah, so. I thought that was clever too. I like that. Um, so I think I think first of all you're going to have a problem with the scarf joint at the neck. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. This is a PRS core model and you're telling me that you can't make one piece of maple to go all the way yeah, down. That's what they're you can telling do you. it with all your other guitars, but not with this one. But in all fairness, I think this this core model was probably priced at more like an S2 model. So even though it's a core model, how much was it? Um, when I bought it, I want to say it was seventeen ninety nine. Now I think they're up to like twenty two okay. or twenty four or something like that. I think they are. Yeah. I knew they were. They started out cheaper, which is interesting because I've started to see that more and more yep. from manufacturers going, you know what, we want people who are going to buy in early, let the hype move up, and then up the price. Yeah, well, and then the pandemic probably didn't help either. Well, that's fair. Wood's more expensive now. Everything's more expensive. But that's one thing, and, and you're right, the scarf joint, and the funny thing is, is that a scarf joint probably makes the whole thing more structurally sound. Yep, absolutely. And tone-wise, does nothing. No, it doesn't. I do woodworking, and I remember growing up, my dad would always tell me, he's like, you know, wood glue is stronger than wood itself. 
And so he's like, if you have a mm-hmm. break in something and you glue it back together, it's going to be fine. And I kept hearing other people say that too. And, and sure enough, it, it has turned out to be true. So the yeah. fact that you got two pieces glued together, it probably honestly is stronger, but you were just not used to that. So it doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. Right. So that's, that's one thing that I'm not necessarily ecstatic okay. about okay. in my expectation. Do you think you can guess the second thing that I'm not excited about from my expectation? Yeah, because there's two that I think you're going to say. Number one, I think you're going to say the seven and a quarter radius. No, actually, I like that. Okay. I like that a lot. Well, the other is going to be the knobs. No, it's not the knobs. Ooh. Okay. I don't, I don't have a problem okay, with the knobs. Okay, okay. I know you. Okay, I, I know you. Let me, re- let me rewind a little bit. Okay. I think the second one that you're, and I don't know that we've never talked about this, but I think it's going to be the reverse headstock. No, I like the reverse headstock. Dang it. That's good. Because I know, I know. Okay. Um, then, 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 then I don't know. Uh, I think once I say it, you're going to be like, dang it. My expectation is any oh, guitar. I know, I know, that I know, costs I know. More I know, than a thousand dollars. I know. Has a case. Has a case. Has a hard shell case. <laughs> it has to have a hard <laughs> yes. shell case. That's <laughs> it. That's it. You know, to me, it needs a hard shell case. And I understand most people are like, oh, I'm just going to toss it in a gig bag. Yeah. Yep, but yep. once again, now I will say this I don't think that the gig bag that's supplied with a $2,200 guitar now yeah. is adequate. For a $2,200 guitar. Uh, fair. Fair statement. So you might as well put it in a hard shell case yep. that is adequate. And if someone wants to go get a gig bag, they can go get something that is adequate okay. for it. Or you just make it right the first time. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right about that. You're right. That is, I I support, I support that. I, I definitely support that. That's, that's, you're right. But otherwise, the rest of it, I love... The neck shape, I think that the radius is a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. And I think that if anybody is going to make a 7.25 radius play like butter, it's going to be Paul Smith and his team. Yeah, true. So, and it did. I'm, I'm good with all that. And the pickups, you know, the whole thing about let's do this marriage between that 63 and 64 and everything. Yep. Like yep. everything I heard has been great. I've mm-hmm. played them a couple of times and thought, hey, this is a good, like, S style guitar. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with this. Say it, strap. It's a strap. I can't. I just can't. I'm not afraid. To say All right, it. but the Silver Sky SE. Mm-hmm. Expectation wise, I have not played one yet, but I have heard it a few times. Mm-hmm. You know, just through stuff that has been on the internet and everything. We've heard John play it. That was one of his things. Actually, that was a really cool commercial. Did you see it his, was cool. his yeah. commercial with it? Yeah, it was cool. There's a there's a couple out. Yeah, and, and my favorite part was he was like, all right, let's go ahead and get it out of the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, just straight to and it. And then he slow <laughs> dancing in a burning room. Of course. And that might be bingo for somebody. That, that, but we're If not, we're getting really close. Yeah, and, and that was pretty awesome. But cool. this brings up this point is that for twenty two hundred nowadays, you can get the core Silver Sky, and for about what is it like nine hundred bucks? Eight fifty, yeah, eight fifty, I think. You can get the SE model, and you go, well, what really is the big, big difference, and how does my expectation change? And one thing is, well, now the case can be a gig bag. Yeah, yeah, true. And sure enough, this one comes with a gig bag, <laughs> and I go, yay. And you're fine with it. You're fine with it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It has a scarf joint. And okay, 
I don't know that I love a scarf joint for a guitar that is over six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. but it's more acceptable now. You'll allow it, depending on some of the other things. Yeah. What about you? What is your thoughts on the the SE version of the SS? Um, first of all, I think it's genius. I think that they're going to sell a billion of them. Yeah, they are. I might still be one. (laughs) I don't like the colors very much. Like I'm not a fan of those. And this is, this is very difficult for me to say because I'm guilty of this myself, but I'm a huge, like when I like somebody, like I'm a huge fanboy, but there are no fanboys like John Mayer fanboys. Like I, I'm on this John Mayer gear page on Facebook and of course you are. This is how nerdy they are. Like I, I laugh at them about how stupid they are. Like they, <laughs> I mean, I do. Like I do. Like if that tells you, I mean, they are unbelievable. Like they're all freaking out because they ordered a watch like he wears and like tennis shoes. Oh and, yeah. And I'm just like, dude, like stop, just stop. Of course, who knows? Five years ago, I may have been the exact same way, but. I, I, well, I doubt it. have you seen the movie Rockstar? No, I with, have not. With Wahlberg? With Marky Mark? No, but I do love Marky Mark. Yeah, so basically the premise of this whole movie is that Mark Wahlberg is in a tribute band. Right. It's, it's not a cover band because they're trying to do exact replica of everything right. down to what they wear and everything. Okay, uh-huh. so he's in a tribute band and sings amazing Plays, you know, all the people around him play amazing. They're doing all this great stuff. The lead singer from the band that they are a tribute band for, uh-huh. which is Steel Dragon, decides to leave. Okay. And when they leave, now the band goes, well, we got to replace him. So it's kind of one of those like Van Halen journey. Well, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, what are we going to do? And so what do they end up doing? Well, they end up grabbing this guy from like Detroit or wherever. Okay. and. He happens to sing better than the other. And so it's one of those things that he now has to live that lifestyle. And as he's living that lifestyle and everything, he realizes, oh, I don't, I don't necessarily yeah. love all of this. But the whole point for that story is that one of the things when he was in the tribute band, they were like, okay, he's going to get his like nipple pierced. <laughs> And they were like, are you sure you want to do this? And he was like, yeah, he had it done last week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it's like, hold on. Yeah. What the heck? That's, like, <laughs> that sounds very familiar. And that's how they are. And like, I, I mean, and, and to bring it back to what we we're talking about, they are going crazy over these colors. But I'm like, if they just released those and they weren't associated with John Mayer, I think most people would be like, oh, gross. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. The green is all right. The blue is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're they're fine, but I just I I think they would have been smarter. Maybe I don't know. I part of me thinks when you're doing an SE model like that, you should make it look exactly the same as the more expensive one because that's what people want. You know, they want to look like they're playing the same one that John Mayer's playing. Of course, yeah. the fit and the finish and everything is not going to be as good. The pickups, I don't think, are the same. They're you know the Korean version. I think the or expectations can go down there. Because you, you yeah. are paying for things. Yeah, I mean. But at the same time, it's a Paul Reed Smith. True. He put his name on it, too. True. So those pickups better be good. That fit and finish better be good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I do think for a, for that price range guitar, it's a great guitar, probably. But I, I, I personally would not buy one. 
Yeah, at this point, I'm not necessarily there, but, you know, if my son all of a sudden decided he wanted to try a strat, yeah. I would definitely go and play this the Silver Sky SE and oh, say, yeah. okay, what do you think about this? Yeah, yeah. And if he's like, no, nah, it's not the image in my head, well, you know, ultimately at the age he is, it's really inspiration is what I want the most for him. Yeah. Inspired to play. Inspired and to learn. And another thing, and this is this is off topic of our, our conversation, but... Did you see the radius on the SE? It's like an eight something, which I've never seen before. Eight point five, yeah. Oh, it's here. between a nine point five and a seven point two five. Yeah. I only can assume that when they send it overseas to make stuff, that they couldn't mill it to where it could play like butter after. Yeah, maybe. That's my only guess. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just doing it just to do it. Maybe trying to appease some of those people who were like. I can't have a 7.25. Right, right. That's for cowboy chords, you know? Okay, so I, I think we're probably getting to the point where we need to start closing it up a little bit. And I would like to mention something else about expectations for a new guitar. Okay. And the expectations I have, okay, we've already mentioned that case whole thing. Yep. But my expectation is also in the case candy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm not saying that I need like a strap and picks and paperwork and all of that stuff. That that stuff I don't really care about. To me, I think that all guitars should come with a spec sheet. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is the radius? What is the scale length? What is the woods that were used? Mm-hmm. What type of pickups? Are they Alnico threes? Are they Alnico fives? What kind of frets. You know, what is the switching diagram? Yep. Just so you know what the switches actually do. You know, things like that, like yeah. that to me belongs in a case as well as the tools in which to adjust the truss rod at least. Yeah, I totally agree. And I know like Gibson, they put in like a photo of the guitar, like on the workbench as they're putting it together or, or finishing yeah. it, I guess. And that's yeah, the I, baby picture. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I, I think that's cool. I, it's just a nice little touch that I don't know why they yeah. really do it or, I don't know the story behind it, but it's like, it's cool. You know, whatever. Well, there is that little extra. And honestly, if I was paying 10 grand, like for a Murphy lab or something. Yeah. Yeah. I would want all of the little extras. Yeah, I agree. And that doesn't cost him. It's anything. kind of like on my R9, it has that, uh, that certificate of authenticity. And then also has that medallion on the back. Yeah. Like those are little touches. Yeah. But I wouldn't expect a medallion on an Epiphone. True. Yeah. I mean, it would be, it would kind of cheapen it on the higher end models. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the higher end models. Okay. Real quick. Uh, customer service wise, I do have one thing that I think you would find interesting about my R9. Okay. Uh, this is a story I did share in the last one and people might get a kick out of it. I'd like to hear it again, to be honest. On my R9, when I received it, I plugged in, I played it, everything sounded really good. I put it back in the case, took it to my first booking with it, which was at church, and it was a practice time. We were just practicing, rehearsing, and I go, and I pull out the guitar, and I start playing, and I get done with like just four or five chords, and the thing is so buzzy that I don't even know what to do with it. And it's crazy, because I was like, you played fine yesterday. But today, you buzz like mad. I did nothing but tune you. And now today, you buzz all over the place. Yeah. 
And so I mess with it a little bit, try to figure it out, look at the truss rod, look at the neck, look at all these things. And what I notice is that the strings in the bridge slot on G, B, and E are all a little bit deeper. And it looks like they're touching the screw on the ABR1 bridge. And I was like, that's a little weird. And so I take it home. I start messing with it. I start looking at it. I end up contacting Mark's Guitar Loft, where I bought it from. Yep. And I said, this thing's really buzzy, and it's happening here. And he said the way that Gibson cuts the slots on the nut is they just run the strings over it. They take like an old string, string up the guitar, get everything the way where it needs to be, mm-hmm. and then they hit it with a mallet. And that starts the slotting, which that's a normal thing. That makes sense. Okay. But then they hand cut it. And when they cut it, they often cut it too deep. Okay. And then now you put in some strings and it ends up going all the way down. And so here's the customer service to this. Cause I said, okay, so do I contact Gibson? Because right now it's unplayable. What should I do? And Mark said, you know, I have some saddles just sitting in my workbench. How about I send them to you? Nice. And he didn't just send me those three saddles that were a little messed up. Mm-hmm. He sent me those three saddles and then a different version of those three saddles because he couldn't remember which bridge was on it because evidently they did it differently throughout that year. Okay. And so he sent me both sets and said, yeah, whatever works, keep. Whatever doesn't work, then you can either throw away or send them back to me, either one. Wow. That's good service. And I'm like, I mean, great service. Yeah. That's amazing service, which is the reason why I bought another set of custom buckers from him about, you know, four months later, because I was like, well, this guy knows what he's doing. He's excellent dude. So yeah. that's a customer service thing right there that, that I think is, is worth mentioning. Yeah. And that's an expectation that should happen from a guitar that costs $7,400, even though I didn't pay right. nearly that, but you shouldn't have those issues. Oh, I agree. And if you do, you should have somebody that you can trust. Cause I mean, you, you don't know Mark, you've never met Mark before. And so it's like, no. he could have easily just ghosted you and you're screwed, but here he yep. is backing it up. And, and what's that going to do? Well, when you're ready to get another guitar, you're probably going to be looking at the site when I'm ready to buy a Les Paul, I might look yeah. there too. And so, so that's, it worked out great yeah. for him. It worked out great for you. It's, it's just all around, and I think I think our world has has lost a little bit of that sense of, you know, let's just do the right thing, and and everything will be better for everybody. Yeah. Well, so. all right. So I guess that kind of brings us a little bit to our final thoughts final for thoughts. this. Uh, what is a snow day for us? Yeah, snow slash ice day for us. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are your final thoughts for new guitar expectations? I can sum it up pretty shortly. My, I work hard for my money, and whenever I put my money into a product or a service, I don't ask for a discount. Like I'm gonna pay what they're asking for, and with that, I want them to deliver what I pay for. So mine's all based on if I'm buying a cheap guitar, I don't mind cheap parts. I don't mind you know cheap this or that or whatever. But if I'm paying for something handmade or I'm waiting and I'm being patient and I'm I'm doing, you know, whatever, I expect them to come through with what they they promise. And that's that's kind of it for me. Like 
I don't want to feel like I wasted money or I wasted time or I wasted whatever. I just want to feel like I put in the work for it, I invested in it, and I'm getting a return on my investment. Whether it's a guitar, pedal, amp, whatever. I don't want to feel, I don't want any regrets after the fact. I agree with you. I, I will also add to that that I feel like when that guitar shows up, it doesn't matter what the price point is. Mm-hmm. But the guitar needs to be able to stay in tune. Sure. It needs to be able to stay intonated. The electronics need to work. Mm-hmm. And as long as all those things happen, I can work around some of the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, I might add things like fret sprout needs to not be a thing and all yeah. that. But some of that is hydration issues. Most of that probably is, honestly. Yeah. And so I, I'm with you. I think that new guitar expectations, we need to have them. And honestly, a lot of... Whether or not you need to worry about what your expectation and is and, and whether it's going to be met has a lot to do with who you're buying it from yep. and what their MO has been. I worry more when I buy a Gibson Unseen than when I buy a PRS Unseen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, that's one of the main things keeping me from buying one online. Uh, when you told me you yeah. bought the R9 without seeing it, I... That I mean, that's that's a bold move, but it worked out for you. And I guess when you're when yeah. you're getting into something that high end, your expectation is that it's going to be good. And that's the same way with me with my Dano Caster. You know, I I bought it sight unseen, and it was so good that I I bought the Strat Dano Caster sight unseen. And the Novo guitars are kind of reminding me of Dano Caster whenever I I first got those. And so I'm I'm comfortable getting those sight unseen too. And the other thing is. If I get that Novo and I don't like it, I can sell it easily for the same price I bought it for, probably a little bit more. And so that's that's another thing yeah. that helps me build a little confidence in buying something aside unseen. But yeah, I just think I think that you should get what you pay for. And if you don't, you should not be satisfied until you do get what you pay for. Yeah, that's excellent. This is wonderful group therapy. It is. Thanks for doing this again with me, Jason. Absolutely. And before I go, can I just say a few things? Steve Warner. Dr. Z, uh-huh. Nobles, ODR1, yeah. um, Ohms in Hawaii, mm-hmm. Slow Dancing in a Burning yeah. Room. That's about it for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And aren't you missing one other thing? I think I am. Brad pa- Keith Urban, Brad Paisley. All you have to do is just give me one song to sing, and I think we've got it. Oh, well, I mean, I can't do that unless you give me one reason. To stay here, and I'll turn right back around. <laughs> Give me one reason to stay here, and I'll turn right back around. Oh, yeah. Hey, I don't, I, I don't want to leave you lonely, though. Better make me change my mind. Okay. <laughs> oh, we did it. We did it. All right. I think that's actually a fine way to end it. I agree. <laughs> the, the whole podcast, we end it right now. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, that concludes our time of the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, leave five stars in a review. Also, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Tweed Couch. Until next time.